The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and on this week's podcast we're welcoming not one but two special guests. So this week we're going to hear from Kieran Crowley who's a joint captain of the Clonacilty side who became Carberry Junior A Hurling Champions at the weekend. They beat St. James's 117 to 11 points in Newcastle And speaking of Newcastle we'll also be joined this week by Tyg Toomey ahead of his club's County Senior A final against Blarney this weekend. He recently made his 150th county appearance for Newcastle and is hoping his next one will be special. Before we get into things, though, it's just a quick message from our sponsors. As the Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, I'm joined this week on the podcast by a new addition to the Star Sport team. You might have heard him on the podcast last week chatting to Lisa Hard of O'Donovan Rasa. That is Sean Holland. Welcome, Sean. Thanks very much, Dylan. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Now, you were at the Clonakilty St. James's game at the weekend in the Carberry Junior A Hurling Championship or the final there. And Clon recaptured the Flyer Nyan Cup on Sunday. What was the game like? They did indeed. Um, they got over the line against Ardfield comfortably enough. Um, it was Ardfield's first appearance in the Junior A Hurling championship final so it was a great achievement for them but Clan really had too much for Ardfield on the day. Clan had come through a very tough semi-final against Banal Escarty uh, which they won after extra time and then they faced Ardfield and probably went into the game as favourites and they lived up to that tag. Um, at halftime they were up three points but to be fair they were comfortable at that and hadn't really got out of second gear but the big game-changing moment was um, the combination of the White brothers. Sean made a bursting run through the middle and set up brother Mark, uh, who you probably know as the Cork uh, football goalkeeper, um, for a goal that really changed the outcome of the game. After that, Clan really just coasted to the win. Uh, Mark himself ended up winning man of the match, but um, Clan Akilty really showed that they're, they're a very good hurling side. Obviously, when they're playing at the top level of Cork football, the big ball probably gets more the attention than the hurling, but they're well able to hurl as well as they showed on Sunday. So now they go into a county um, quarterfinal against Ballinora. Uh, so that is coming up for them and they'll be looking to progress up into Premier Junior. So it's uh, looking good in Clan in the hurling things. So you mentioned there that Clan were three points ahead at halftime. The score was eight points to five. And by the 50th minute, it was one thirteen to eight points. So it really goes to show that they came out in the second half roaring. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they were um, they were much the better side in the second half. Uh, it must be said that they uh, neutralised the threat of Ardfield's danger men like Aaron Hayes and James O'Driscoll. And their goalkeeper, Shane Collins, pulled off a couple of very good saves as well. So Clan really deserved it. I don't think Ardfield will have any complaints in the results. It was a great achievement for them to make the final, but it'll be interesting now to see if Clan can push on the county stages. Yeah, fingers crossed for them. We're going to hear in a moment now from... Kieran Crowley, who I mentioned at the start of the podcast, is joint captain of the victorious Clonakilty side. You spoke to him earlier this week. How was his form? And obviously, I, I presume Clonakilty, everyone was delighted with the victory. Mm-hmm. No, Kieran, um, Kieran's a, a great hurler himself, and he was in flying form. Um, to be fair, they seem kind of subdued a small, but I'd say they, they have their eyes on the bigger prize, maybe of um, of going for, further in, in the county. So um, he's optimistic enough, but he was delighted to get the win as well on Sunday. Yeah, and just before we go to him, how do you see their chances in, in the county? Like, obviously, it'll be tough competition, and it was their first uh, Carberry final since 2020, if I'm right. So um, it's a great opportunity for them going forward as well. Yeah, no, definitely they they have all the makings of of county champions. It's just a case of can they click on the day? Can their forwards get the scores? Because they have a very astute backline. So um, no, I'd give them every chance, especially in uh, the junior A championship now. Since Kilchanning, who probably would have been the favourites, have been knocked out. So it's kind of open season uh, for whoever can get up. Obviously. Tracton will be coming from the Premier uh, Junior grade down to Junior for next year. So whatever team can get out of the championship this year, um, it'll be a huge benefit because obviously Tracton will probably go into the Junior County next year's favourites. So Clan will definitely be eyeing up that county final. Absolutely. It's there for the taking. So we're going to take a very quick break now and we'll be back to hear from Kieran Crowley. Right, I'm delighted to be joined now by Clannacilty's joint captain, Kieran Crowley. They were victorious in the West Cork final last weekend over Ardfield. Kieran, thanks for joining me. No matter at all. My pleasure, Sean. Very good. And how were the celebrations in Clannacilty Sunday night? Um, I was brilliant, to be fair. Um, it's probably going back a couple of years now since we um, got to the West Cork final. It's always, you know, it's brilliant to win something when you go training and you train so hard all year. To um come out the right side of it there. No one Sunday was very enjoyable. Um we just went back to Ahmed friends and family and things like that, and we had a couple of points, sorry. And yesterday it was actually brilliant time and working in Scotland Lean clan. So yeah. about four or five of the lads came back to the to the school with the cup yesterday. So it was brilliant to bring it back to the, the underage and the club and you know, seeing members of the team that have won the game uh coming in and they just said a few little words and it was actually very nice and fairness. So um fair play to them for coming in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said that was about it. No, we we struggled. It we struggled on there yesterday. No, you look very fresh now for a fellow who won a West Cork. But um, we'll push on to a small matter of the semi-final first anyway. You're on and the Bell game. Um, how were you? How relieved were you to get over the line? Um, in that one because they are obviously going for the three in a row. So that was a monumental uh, battle that you came through. Yeah, geez, a battle is what it was, Sean. You said it right there. It was an unbelievable game of hurling, in fairness. Like, it was proper two teams, like, good hurling for the whole of the 80 minutes. Like, you know, I even went extra time as well. There was nothing that could be... that you know, We couldn't be split up. Like, you know, it was actually a class game of hurling. Like, we got a goal in the second half. Like, Mark got a goal. And, like, this next play, Brian Dunham went down and he buried it the other side. Like, you know, it was just tit for tat the whole game. Um, But we knew that. Like, you know, they were 
two in a row champions. Like as you said, they were going for three in a row. It was always going to be an unbelievable battle, and they did bring everything to it. And we thank God we just got over the line. To know an extra time, Fergal Murphy um actually popped over the winner there. So shout out to him for getting us there, getting <laughs> us to the final really. But um yeah, it was an unbelievable game of hurling. It was actually unreal. Mm-hmm. Fair play to Shane Scanlon as well. Left the game go. Um, it wasn't stop start. It was actually you know the ball was actually in play a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. it was unbelievable in fairness. No, it was a fantastic win, and you came up then against Ardfield in the final. And I suppose it's probably fair to say many probably weren't expecting them to come over Kilmeen, but they actually put in a fantastic performance to beat them. So was that a team you had planned for, or had the management any um you know plan in terms of? I know their main attacker, Aaron Hayes, now um, coming back from Barcelona. Had you anything in place for him in the final or any, anyone else like James O'Driscoll or, or was it purely yeah. going out and concentrating yourselves? Um, no, like, geez, I actually wasn't surprised that Arthur got through it either because we actually played them last year in the same, it was quarterfinal actually last year, we played them mm-hmm. down very low and geez, it was an unbelievable battle. Like, you know, in fairness to them, they put everything into it, every rook ball or anything that's a half little break, they're just throwing bodies at it and, that was the mm-hmm. most physical game we had, I'd say, last year. Um, so we did actually have a plan, right? We had seen them play, and I think one of our selectors went to watch them there in a couple of games. I think it was the Mahuna's game we went to watch. But obviously, we knew when Aaron came out, Aaron came home as well, that we had to shut him down. He got one six in the semi final, mm-hmm. and we put in fairness Clancy went on him. So that was that was the plan for Aaron. And then with um James, he just like he got a good few frees in the final. So we were like as you know as a back. As a backs unit, we were like, if we can cut down on the freeze and keep Aaron Hayes quiet, we'd have a good chance of winning. And you know, I think we actually kind of did that really um, on Sunday. So that was our plan and probably worked in fairness. We came out the right side of it. But like, fairness, I actually know in the final, mm-hmm. unbelievable game. Like, really went at it again and we just probably pulled away towards in the last quarter again. But um, it was a very good final and fair play to them. They're always summed out in the field. Mm-hmm. No, and um, a big reason for you pulling away there in the second half was the influence of the White brothers. Uh, Mark ended up getting man in the match, but um, give us a few words on how influential they are to, to your team. Obviously, they're coming from um, a very, uh, you know, uh, hurling stronghold, their father, their um, age, and a big Barry Roman. And it's a shame the three lads aren't wearing blue, but um, how influential are they in the, in the green and red car or of Clan? You're a bit sore with that one there, Sean. It's there, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, if they're on the team anyway, I wouldn't be playing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Geez, the Whites are class in fairness. They're mm-hmm. um, they're a huge addition to all our teams growing up. Even like, you know, I would have played last while, you knowing it was a 2020 and Mark would have been in goal. And it was unbelievable. I was full back that time. And we've like, he just put huge confidence in you behind you. But like, you got mm-hmm. such a platform off his pockets and he's so comfortable under the high ball. And when since Sean Barley came in, he had it just in his head that he was going to put him outfield. And um he's been doing very very well in fairness. You know, he's some size like you can't oh you Stop. hate Mark and you just mm. can't get around him. And mm-hmm. then Brian and Sean, they're they're unbelievable as well. Like they have unbelievable skills, so natural to them. You know, if I was to do all that stuff, I'd be training all year for us. Whereas they can they just have <laughs> it. It's actually frustrating at times. The stuff they're mm-hmm. doing there with the ball is actually class. So mm-hmm. it's huge to have them. And then in the forward line, they're a big, they're real ball winners. Like even Sean there on Sunday, just for the puckers for Shane Collins. It was just like, they were, everything was sticking with them. And then sure, they're like, it's like telepathic at, at stages, really. Like mm-hmm. the goal that Sean White got in the semi-final, Brian gave a perfect ball. Like, but, you know, it was just, pull that off. It was unbelievable. So 
they're huge to have inside. Um, so I can't say enough about them. They're they're very good, very skillful, and fair play to them. Mm-hmm. No, and <laughs> yeah, there's no transfer request gone in yet, anyway. But um, speak no. and then then themselves, obviously they be kind of more footballers, Sean and um, Mark and yeah, and kind of speaking on the football side of things. Obviously playing at you know you're at the top tier of Cork football. Do you know how tough is it to balance in the round robin stage, group stage games when you, you know you've senior football and you're coming down playing junior hurling? Is there more priority given to the football, or what was the setup this year? Um, so like it is tough that way. No, like obviously you're playing at higher grades in football, so you have to, you know, no matter what you do, you still have to be footballing nearly every week. So, in fairness, the two management teams we they kind of sort that out. In fairness, we didn't have to deal with it, um, and they're very considerate. Like so, anytime there was hurling championship, we got in the two hurling sessions a week, or even if it was a split session on a Wednesday, and then you got a hurling session on a Friday, um. Because the football is is so important for the hurling as well, because you get all your fitness done in the in the senior football training. Because obviously you have to run a lot more in football. That's just the way it's gone. You have to be savage fit to be able to to last sixty minutes in senior football, and it it really stands so thin in junior hurling. You know you can let the ball do a bit more work, but then you still have the fitness in the final quarter. And I think that really stood to us on Sunday, just like coming down the stretch that we were bringing an impact off the bench and. Our, just had it in the legs coming in with like 15 or 10 or 15 minutes to go. So um, I would agree that obviously there has to be a bit of um, communication that goes on between the two management teams, which is very important. And I think it's very important as well that it, get, it's get, it gets kept away from the players because obviously you don't want to be dealing with like, are we going hurling training? Are we going football? It's just there, done for us, sorted. And we just go, like, we're get, we get told when to go and, even if it's a half an hour hurling, it's bang on a half an hour. We're going to football and vice versa. So, um, it worked out perfectly anyway all year. And I suppose, it, you know, unfortunately, we lost the Nemo there by points. Um, but it probably helped us then in the hurling because we had access to the players. And uh, as you know, like playing hurling, you have to be at it every day. Just mm-hmm. ball off the wall, even first touch, basic stuff. Like you have to, um, you have to have that in hurling. And it was huge to have the two weeks then even coming into the battle game and then obviously momentum rolling on then from, for last Sunday. So mm-hmm. it worked out um, it worked out well for us in the hurling anyway. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah, obviously it's a big advantage for you now that it's just the hurling that you've left and you have Ballinora now in the county quarter final. Probably gonna have to dust out the away kits uh for that one. But uh, are you mm-hmm. expecting much from these guys or have you seen them play at all? Um to be honest, no, I haven't really seen them play. I just know that your man Shane Kingston there, he's a cock 20, so obviously they've got some unbelievable hurlers. And I, I did see the result right on Sunday evening that they got overlined against Stripsy. So, um, but you will be looking forward to that, really. Like, you know, the last few years in, in Clan, we're always fairly disappointed with how we've done in the county section. And obviously, you know, we've um, we've booked three weekends there to get um, back to training now tomorrow night and, and get ourselves sorted for that and hopefully get all the injuries um, sorted out and we'll, we'll drive on for that and we really aim to to get through a county quarterfinal and I suppose obviously you know after winning the West Cork you have to say that your your aim would be to win a county you know you're not just sitting there to take part you actually you want we want to go on and win the we want to go on further and win it win it out hopefully so um it'll be knuckled down again tomorrow night and, and go at it again for the next couple of weeks that, that's fair to say that that probably is the goal now it is it is to get up into Premier Junior Hurling and I mentioned yeah yeah, she's definitely, I'm sure I suppose it's always everyone's goal that start of the year, you go down to training and you pick up what you want to do for the year. 
our first one had to be get over the first championship game, get out of the group. We did that. Um, and then after that, you're only taking it game by game. And I'd say we're doing the same now. We're not looking ahead. We're, like, we're not looking beyond Belenora, but we'll um we'll prioritise that Belenora game now in three weeks' time and get ourselves ready for that. So that's the plan, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And I wish you all the best with it. You never know, Kiran might see you in the field there now next year. Ah, uh, yeah, you never know. Go on. <laughs> thanks, Sean. So, no, thanks very much, Kiran. There's my. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Well, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. Following that great chat with Kiran Crowley. Our second guest on this week's podcast, like I mentioned at the start of the show, is Ty Toomey of Town. Um, he's a, a club legend, really, and we'll be hearing from him in a moment. But this weekend is a huge game for Newcestown ahead of their Senior A hurling final. They're up against Blarney. And as I mentioned, Toomey recently made his 150th championship appearance for Newcestown. He's hoping the next one will be special. But before we go to him, Sean, what? how do you see their chances this weekend? Obviously, getting to a final um, is a brilliant achievement. And they're up against a, a good Blarney side as well. Mm-hmm. No, they have every chance. Um, Newstone pretty much looking to keep the ball rolling. They've had a couple of weeks off now, which is nearly alien to them at this stage, having gone through the year week on week. But they have every chance. Um, obviously, as you said, they're coming up against a good Blarney side. Blarney obviously coming from that dubious enough old replay with uh, Bride Rovers. Obviously, um, that took its own course and Blarney had too much for Bride Rovers the second day out. But obviously, Newstone will probably be looking at two main men to um, stop in the Blarney attack. They would be Cork players Shane Barrett and Mark Coleman. Um, anyone who watches uh, Cork Senior Hurling knows how good these fellas are. And then when you bring them down to their club, uh, they're better again. So... I'd be thinking Charlie Wilson and the lads of Newstone will have a plan for the two of them. And if they are to win, they'll probably have to stop their influence. But Newstone have every chance. They played them earlier on in the Division 3 Hurling League as well, and they beat them by five points. So they'll be confident enough going into it. Obviously, it's the first of two county finals, so it'd be nice to get one under the belt before going into their football. But um, yeah, I'd give them every chance. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned there, like we, we've spoken a lot on the podcast throughout the year, about Newcestown's kind of brilliant achievements as a dual club and getting to to both the hurling and football finals this year. Do you think um or would there be any um kind of trepidation in, in Newcestown that if the result doesn't go their way on Sunday, it might have a knock on effect then in a fortnight's time for the football against Donnie's or are they uh, separate occasions completely? I think it's the fact that they have the two-week break. Whatever the results, they'll be able to tune back in fairly quickly. Um, obviously, they have different selectors and management teams for both. So it, it'll be easy enough for them to move from the hurling and football. They've been doing it all year. But um, in terms of the hurling, they would like to get the cup in their hands. You know, They might end up enjoying a few celebrations after it. You never know. But as I spoke to um, club chairman, Gerard Donovan during the week. And he said, no matter what the result, they'll be back on the training pitch on Tuesday. So no doubt, whatever way it goes for Newstown on Sunday, they'll be clued in for Dawnies then in a fortnight's time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's a quote there in this week's Southern Star from Gerardo Donovan in that interview you have with him. You ask him how they've managed to juggle both codes at an elite level. And he just said, it's been quite simple. A week of football followed by a week of hurling. And that kind of sums up uh, the attitude in, in Newcestown. And it's um it's great to see them having success on on in both codes. Now, that game is on this weekend. It's on Sunday at two or sorry, four o'clock in Parky Cueve. They're playing Blarney. That's the second game in the um in the Sunday's matches. The intermediate A hurling final is on earlier in the day. Agabalog against Middleton. Those games are also available to watch on Rebels Online if anyone can't make it up. But obviously we'll be hoping for a good crowd up there. We're gonna take a very quick break now and we'll be back to hear from Tig to me, Kieran caught up with him earlier ahead of this weekend's final. Ty, were you aware um, going into that game against Newmarket the weekend before last that it was going to be your 150th championship appearance for the club? No, um, I think they kept that one quiet until after. I suppose I wasn't aware of it really happening at any stage until I think I have to give credit to Jack Mead who's part of our panel. Um, I think he did the research there throughout the year, and uh, he deserves a bit of credit for that. I probably wouldn't have seen how, how many games I had before that. I wouldn't have even thought of it, you know. Um, but I'd say I have to give him a lot of credit. I'd say he passed on all the details, so I didn't I didn't know I was 150 at that game, no. That's an incredible landmark to, to reach, like 150 club championship games between hurling and football and in, in that tweet that Newstone put up as well it goes right back to the start like your your first football game was intermediate against Carrigaline back in 2001 like that's what 22, 23 seasons ago can you even think back to what it was like back then time when you were starting off on this journey yeah um, I suppose I can remember that game well enough because uh, uh, it was a scary moment for me coming up against all the big boys that Carrigaline had those days and um, but I remember the game. The game went well for us, um, for a lot of it. I know uh, it it ended up in a replay, but um, yeah, I got on all right in that game. And luckily enough, the, the management picked me that day. I was probably a bit surprised, all right, but look, um, I've been there since then, and probably lucky enough to be playing since then. So hopefully, I can keep that going for another while. Anyway, it's incredible longevity to be going for at such a high level for so long. So there's fellas all around West Cork now wondering, what, what's the secret, Ty? <laughs> um, I suppose I force my kids. <laughs> it's running around after them. And I suppose if you have a wife, like wife Colleen, who's into GA, I think she comes from a GA family. So I think that's a big part as well because she allows me, she kicks me out the door to go training most of the time. Maybe it's just to get rid of me. But um. I think just uh, training hard and stuff, you know, and enjoying it. I think that that um, that's a big part of it, and and the crack with the lads, you know, the the social side of it, um, between the experienced lads and the youth, and a few messers in the pack, and and the management as well, you know, they're always um, there. They, we want for nothing with them, so I think that's a big part of it, you know. I enjoy going up training. I enjoy the crack with the lads. I enjoy talking to management 
and the social side of it after as well, you know, when we meet up in the pub and stuff, there's always a bit of crack. You mentioned your wife, your wife Colleen there and, and the kids. And to share that moment after the Newmarket game the weekend before last with one of your with your young fella, like lovely picture up up on Twitter of you walking across the Parky Cueve pitch. Like that's it's really about the memories, isn't it, Ty? You know, you were able to share that memory with your with your son, and they're they're the things that you can take forward as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um he was lucky enough to get on, I think. In the end, I, I had to kind of promise that I'd send him back over to his mother and not take him into the dressing room. But um that's all he goes on about, you know, getting it getting into the pitch, getting into the dressing room. He he's like a mascot for the lads now at this stage, they all know him well. So but it, it is, it's the memories of that, you know. He he can probably look back at that and I can look back at that, you know. It, it was a great moment. And uh, to come out on top against Newmarket then as well, you know, and have that 150 games, I suppose. Look, um it it was a great feat, so uh, I was happy out with that, you know. Before we chat about the busy few weeks for Nooses Down coming up, just reflect again on this this incredible career that, that you've had. What are, what are the standout moments over the, the last two decades or so? Any any one win or any one success that immediately jumps into your mind, Tyg? Yeah, um the county final, I think, in 2015, you know. It it, it was it was after a tough year, 2014, we lost the final to And uh I think we just put the heads down and that game stands out a lot, you know. I suppose it was against Valley Rovers, who would be a local enough derby side as well to us. So I think just to get over the line after losing the year before, that was um, that was major. And I think that's the, the moment that stands out. And you've also soldiered alongside so many great Newstone players over the years. It'd be unfair for me to kind of ask you to pick out who are the best in, in, in that time. But... Can you explain to me and even people listening to this podcast what it is about this club to get to two senior A county finals in the one year in both codes? It's it's an incredible achievement. What is it about Newcastle that has you operating at such a high level year after year after year? Uh, I, I I think um, it's the backroom staff and and all the, all the players and um, they all back each other. You know from. The backroom uh, groundskeepers to management to people that are running the club, you know, everyone backs each other. And and we, as I said, we want for nothing in the club. Anything we look for, it's there for us. From ice bats to to food and all that, it's it's always there for us, you know. And I suppose just the the the, the hard trainings and I suppose. Big addition this year was probably Noel McIntyre coming into the fold. You know, we probably had a meeting at the start of the year. We didn't go too well last year. Um, and we brought in Noel McIntyre. I think he's been a, a great addition, you know. We were up in the muck in January and um, doing a lot of fitness and stuff like that. And I suppose the young fellas and the, the more senior lads, we've all rolled together. There's a, there's a great atmosphere there at the moment. Management are organised, you know, everything. I think everything has come together, you know. A bit of luck maybe as well. That's all that's all this part of it as well. But um I think everyone in the club has rolled together here and I think just the hard work, I think, the hard work and as I said, the crack at training and the mixture between experience and youth. I think there's always a bit of a a bit of fight in training and stuff like that, you know. Um no, but uh and I suppose 
games have come thick and fast, you know, so there's probably no time to think about much. But um, between hurling and football, I suppose they've been organised and stuff like that, so it, it, it's it's worked well. And you definitely have momentum behind you at the moment. Like I was looking at your schedule there since the, the, the first round of the, the football championship. Jesus, what was that? Back to in the July now. I think you've been in action. Is it 10 out of 11 weekends or 11 out of 12 weekends? Something something like that over the over the course of the last couple of months. How, how have you found that? Has it been the fact that you've been winning tie that you just can't wait for the next game because you've gone hurling football and so on, kind of swapping codes? Or what's the last couple of weeks been like to be involved in both Newstone teams? Yeah, I, I think you're right there. I think it's the winning, you know. Yeah, it was probably the last week of July we started, you know. And I think winning is a habit, you know. And once you start it all, it, it kind of keeps going, keeps momentum. And we had a, a good few chats there. We were, like, a lot of people were saying, how come you're not tired? But tired is a mental thing after, you know. If you get that, let that get into your head, I think um, it, it will affect you. But I think we just drive on. The lads and the lads train hard, you know, and we've been lucky lucky enough with no major injuries this year. I know we lost Colm O'Donovan, who was a great player, all right, and we lost Sean O'Donovan for a few games. But look, hopefully Sean will be back for the next day. And um, I know Colm is probably out for the year, but we've been lucky that way. I think Noel Mack has done a great job in the strength and conditioning side of things. We've we haven't has had as many injuries as we've had last year, you know. So. And as you said, winning is a habit. So I think that was that. That's the momentum, you know. And I suppose from all the hard work, now we're lucky enough to be in two two county finals, and um, hopefully there are two hurdles in front of us. But hopefully we can get over those as well. The first final is coming up this weekend. Just for context for our listeners, I was I'm chatting to Ty before the Bride and Blarney replay, and um, that was on last weekend. So we don't know who Newstone are playing in. In the final this weekend, but putting the final to one side for for a second tie, um, Sunday it's a it's it's a pretty big day for you on on, on a personal level. You're hitting a bit of a milestone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I suppose yeah. Um, I'll be forty on the day of the the final, so it's a big milestone. Yeah, but um, it'll be even a better milestone now if we come out on top. So um, the celebrations would be great. But look, that's just another. That's just another number at the end of the day. Um, I think it's all about the team here knowing all the work we do for the next week, you know, and and try and focus on the game and keep things going the way we've kept things going, you know. And look, there's a bit of enjoyment around the parish. It's it's great for the kids and stuff. And I think I think that's the main thing, you know, get the, the buzz back into the parish and buzz back into the team and stuff like that, you know. When you're in the week of a county final, what, what what's that like? Like you you've you've experienced this before in the past, like you said, 2014, 2015. But to be in the week of a county final, do you try and embrace the noise and the colour around Newcastle, or do you try and block it out and concentrate in the game, or what's what's what do you think is best? Uh, I I think I like to embrace it, you know, because these these opportunities don't come around that often, you know. Um, I suppose like it's eight years now since we've been in a county final and as I said they don't come around too often your career can be over you know in the blink of an eye and you have to embrace these moments you know it's great for the, the, the national school there for the kids around the place they, they see all the colour and look it drives it drives everyone on I think um, no on the other side you do you do um, 
concentrate on the match as well. But look, you have to embrace both. I think you, as I said, you don't get many opportunities to get into a final, and I think you have to embrace the the, the buzz around the place and all that, you know. Given the, the length of the career that, that you've had, um, and given where you're at in this stage of your career and still going strong, can we point out three points against Newmarket in the, the football semi-final? But do you almost appreciate Tyg an occasion like this even more now, kind of knowing what it's like to get to a county final, but how hard it is to get back to a county final? You're at a stage of your career now where you know like this good, you don't know what the next couple of years would, would be like for Town, So you can really appreciate the whole... Like like we said, the build up, but even the game itself. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, it's as I said. Yeah, uh, you might make too many county finals, and yeah, I think I appreciate the hard work that uh, that has gone into it, and um, the hard work that all the lads have done. Really, you know, the organisation, um, everything from from management to backroom staff. You know, it's been great, and and look, I suppose. There's a lot of names out there that don't get noticed, you know. So look for it's it's just it's great for the club, I think, and um, it's just uh, it's just a, a great opportunity for a small parish like Newstone to um, put ourselves back in the map for another bit. But um, hopefully um, we can do that now for the next two games, and uh, we'll see how they go. There are dual clubs right across the county looking at Newstone, saying, "How the hell are these lads?" doing what they're doing, getting to senior A finals in both codes. So like we talked about juggling both, but how, how does it operate? Like, what does it look like the week of the of a football championship game? Is hurling just parked to one side and is it fully football? Like, how do you move so fluidly between both codes? Yeah, that's 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 basically it. We we put the hurlies away and concentrate on football for the week. We probably have a meeting early in the week and, and go out in and I think... Train right, you know, train hard, eat right, all of that. And um, I think even just for the hour of training, we put in the effort. And um, it seems to work, you know. I suppose the games are coming thick and fast, so you don't have time to think anyway, you know. You just you just put away the hurley, you put away the footballs, whatever whatever week it is. But I think um, once you're training hard, you're training right, um, it seems to fall into place, you know. Uh, and as I, as I said, get that tiredness out of your head, you know. Um, you could we can all get tired, but look, if you're training hard and you're you're sleeping well and all that, and you're doing what your strength and conditioning coach is telling you what to do, I think it's a it's a major part of it, you know. And it, we seem to um, have embraced that this year. I think the lads have all rolled in together, and I think um, it's worked really well between both coaches. And obviously, hurling is forced up this weekend. But just to get a quick word on the, the game a couple of weeks down the line, like this is a game that's going to capture the imagination of all West Cork, New South Donnies in the county senior A final. Whatever happens, there's a county title coming home to West Cork. Where where it's going to reside, we don't know yet. But to be playing Donnies in a county football final, like that's a, be, that's going to be an incredible build-up as well, Tyke. Yeah, yeah. Um... I suppose Donnie's, we know Donnie's are a tough team. Uh, we played them first game out this year, I suppose, and they came out on top. But look, it was a close game. Um, I think it's going to be a 50-50 game. But we know Donnie's are a very solid, uh, they're a young team and they're very solid, you know. But it's a good sign for West Cork football, I think, because um, 
a lot of West Cork teams there now have been there thereabouts this year at the, the business end of the year, I suppose, Pantry or another team, Castlehaven. No, it's a good sign that all those teams are at the business end again, you know, and uh, I think, yeah, that Donny's new system game will be, um, be a, a lot of eyes on it, all right. And the, the final question, you mentioned there, obviously, it's a good time for, for football teams in West Cork, but new system for the however many years, you really flying the flag for, for Carberry clubs at, at, at county level. You're our last remaining senior senior hurling team. How much pride do you take in that, that you really are putting hurling on the map here in, Car- in Carberry? Obviously, Luke, with the with, with the Cork senior team, um, but the fact that you are our top hurling team, like is that a fierce source of pride for the club? Yeah, because I suppose you, you hear a lot, you know, about... Uh, Hurling in East Cork, you know, but I suppose, look, we put a bit of effort into both and it seems to work, you know, I suppose Luke there, he's an outstanding player, he trains very hard and, so, and he's great to have in the dressing room and I think the young fellas look up to him, you know, I probably can't pass looking up to him now, you know, but um, he uh, he's a he's a great role model to have in the dressing room, I think a lot of the younger players in Houston look up to him and you see them all now carrying around hurleys the whole time, you know. So it's great to have the likes of Luke in the dressing room. And there's some great younger players out there, hurlers, with us as well, you know. So it looks, the, the future looks bright there, I think, hurling-wise as well. I just want to wish you the very best of luck on Sunday, Tygen. Hopefully you will have a birthday to remember and the celebrations to match. So all the best for the weeks ahead. Thanks very much, Kieran. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And now it's everyone's favorite time of the week as we take a quick look ahead to what's going to be in this Thursday's Southern Star Sport. Obviously, we'll be going big on Clonakilty's victory against St. James to claim that Carberry hurling crown. We also have big previews of Town's first, hopefully first leg of a double as well. Holly O'Sullivan is going into detail about the upcoming Senior A football championship final against Donnie's in Town. He looks back at their meeting earlier this year ahead of a big final in a couple of weeks. Sean, as well, you've been um, wrapping up Jack Watch. Unfortunately, as we all know, Ireland bowed out against New Zealand at the the weekend, and you've had the latest on on Jack Crowley's future. I guess his immediate future with Munster and, and a little bit more with with Ireland as well. Yeah, unfortunately, it'll be the last instalment of Jack Watch as um, obviously Ireland uh, are no longer in the tournament. But um, to be fair to lad, uh, for a young fella to to go onto a global stage like that, he he um, acquitted himself very well. Uh, obviously, coming on against Romania the first day and nailing his conversions, and then we remember his obviously getting his penalty against um, South Africa and his crossfield kick as well to Ring Rose in the final group game. So he has a few uh, highlights from the tournament, but it's back to the Red Monster now. And Andy Kiriku, the forwards coach, spoke in the media yesterday and mentioned how the Ireland contingent or the Munster lads who are involved in the Ireland setup will be coming back between about three and five weeks. Uh, Munster are involved this weekend against the Sharks 
but we won't see any of the Ireland internationals at three weeks, the earliest, depending on how long the lads played for uh, during the tournament. But um, in terms of Jack, with Sexton now gone, he's pretty much in pole position. Um, it's a case of it's his jersey to lose. Um, and there obviously is going to be a lot of competition. You have the likes of Ross Byrne um, right behind them. And then you have Kieran Frawley and the young man coming up from Leinster, Sam Prendergast, who was very, very impressive in the under 20 campaign. So look, Jack will just be, you know, putting the head down and get back to work with his province. Um, but he has all the capabilities of leading us out in Australia in four years time. Yeah, absolutely. So you can read more about Jack in this week's Southern Star. A couple other bits we have. Um, Fiona Keating, one of the All-Ireland Senior Camogie winners, of course, he's All-Star nominee. She's confident there are more great days ahead for Cork Camogie. So we have a chat with her in there. There's also a lot of hurling action in the mid-Cork Junior A Hurling Championship Final. Ballinora beat Dripsy. There's the replay of the Junior B final and reports from the Southeast Junior A uh, semi-finals as well. We also have um, the stars came out on a night to remember for West Cork LGFA as Paulie Palmer was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Libby Coppinger was a guest of honour at the um, at the ceremony where all the awards were presented. So it was a, a great night. We have a photo spread in this week's paper and a full list of the West Cork LGFA Player of the Match Award winners as well. There's plenty more in this week's Southern Star as well. We have some more GA club focus. Jeremy McCarthy rounds up the West Cork soccer in his usual brilliant style. There's road bowling. Darren McElhenney has been shortlisted for Athlete of the Year, the National Athlete of the Year. And also Keith Cronin is thinking about coming back to consider driving for a f or aiming for a fifth British Rally Championship. So there's plenty in this week's Southern Star for everyone. As always, if you can't make it to the shops or if you're away from West Cork, you can pick up a copy of the Southern Star online. You can subscribe and get it on your laptop, tablet, or phone. So just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details, and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week, along with full access to our website as well. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, and thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.